This is the Ned Group Investments Podcast, a space where you can learn more about our fund managers, the funds they manage, as well as getting up-to-date and important developments affecting the investment world and how they might be relevant to you. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the first edition of our Global Perspective. Our Global Perspective is taking a similar form to our Balanced Perspective, um, where we're going to take 15 minutes on the first Thursday of every month to discuss um, key investment themes that you may be reading about or hearing about in the news. And really, our topic of discussion today is, is about central banks. Um, there's been a tremendous amount of liquidity that has been pumped into the financial system after the onset of the coronavirus last year, um, really to keep economies alive. And I guess as economies are starting to recover, as we're seeing inflation starting to rise, and as I guess economic growth is starting to grow at above trend, central banks and, and, and the markets are now speculating and planning as to when some of the stimulus is going to be removed. I'm joined today by Tony Cousins. Um, Tony Cousins is the CEO and CIO of Perfect International. And together with his team, they manage the Global Cautious Fund for Ned Group Investments. Uh, Tony has spoken extensively on how this tremendous liquidity, I guess, um, boom has fed its way through into asset prices. And we're now seeing very expensive, expensive levels, both for equities and bonds. He has spoken about this before, and I think he's really good, well-placed um, to talk us through this topic today. Tony, thanks very much for joining us. Um, Tony, the first question I have for you is, the Fed has to remove $120 billion of, of its QE from, US, on, from the US financial system. And Powell has indicated um, that this could start towards the end of the year. In 2013, the markets reacted quite um, negatively to some of this um, communication that came out from Ben Bernanke at the time. And we saw equity markets fall. We saw bond yields spike. We haven't seen that sort of reaction this time around. So has the Fed got its policy stance right? Are the markets um, believing that their timelines are, are credible? I think we should just take a step back and just look at the massive quantum that has been pumped into um, uh, global economies and, and markets. Um, if you look at aggregate central bank balance sheets for so the four largest central banks, as the Fed, the BOJ, the ECB and uh, much smaller Bank of England. Um, in the first 10 years of, of QE, uh, they injected, well, they grew their balance sheets by about $9 trillion, took them from $6 trillion up to, to 15 Now, they've done exactly the same in the last two years, another $9 trillion, taking them up to $24 trillion. Uh, And what's more, this has been coordinated with very expansionary fiscal policy. That was what was missing in the early days of QE. We saw austerity uh, from governments in spending, but this has been coordinated this time, they, and um, central banks have made sure that liquidity will be there to to buy the bonds that governments um, need to issue to finance these these massive uh, programs. So the very quantum would be an argument for for withdrawing this. But uh, I, I guess um, the Fed in particular finds itself between a rock and a hard place. Um, and this is really a, a trap that Jerome Powell has found himself in, following the lead of his predecessors. Uh, whenever there was uh, seemed to be any risk to capital markets, be it uh, bond spreads or the equity market, the Fed has historically reacted uh, by turning very dovish and just um, capitulating and, and, and putting in more liquidity. We saw this from Greenspan, we saw this from Bernanke, we saw it uh, Yellen, and, and I think we're now seeing it from, from, from Powell. And no Fed chair wants this all to go wrong on their watch. 
And so he's being very, very tentative about this. What we're seeing is a, is a Fed, not quite in disarray, but they've lost two Fed members through stock dealing scandals. And we've seen sort of dissenting voices uh, on this. Now, Jerome Powell, he stayed steadfast. He said, um, uh, well, we need to be very careful um, uh, about this. Uh, and uh, the market is sort of hoping that he's right, uh, but they are putting all their eggs in the basket that he's right about inflation. Inflation is transitory, and uh, there is no need to uh, tighten more aggressively uh, than is than is currently happening. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want the job because um, it, it is a very delicate balancing act. It's a tightrope act that he's trying to um, get away with. Uh, he knows he needs to withdraw this stimulus, but he is very, very concerned about the potential effects on um, bond and equity markets. I think that inflation, you mentioned inflation there, I think that's really important. You know, I guess given where a lot of this liquidity has gone, it's gone into, in, into, into debt. We've seen a massive increase in debt levels um, right, across, right across the world. And I guess we've, we've now been hearing about you know the U.S. debt ceiling having to be having to be raised in order to fund some of their requirements, and that has to be a big concern for the Fed. And and I guess one of the strategies for for getting out of this is to effectively inflate inflate your way out of it. So if you run negative negative real yields over time, hopefully that debt will will, will come down. So do you think the when you're looking at inflation, what are your expectations um, in the U.S. for for inflation? Well, well, currently we're, we're looking at it. We we are just about on side with Powell that this will be transitory, uh, and there are there are a number of inflationary issues in the world, and, and particularly in the U.S. Uh, we see supply chain bottlenecks and shortages. I mean, it only took one ship to go sideways in the Suez Canal to cause real problems in shipping logistics. Uh, we are seeing shortages of labor. A lot of money was handed out to uh, folks to keep them um, uh, out of poverty and um, uh, give them uh, spending money. And uh, because they haven't been able to do much spending in the COVID period, uh, they still have those cash balances. So uh, they haven't come back into the labor force. And again, Powell is hoping that that's transitory. Um, I mean, what we've seen is a big downward move in the participation rate in the US. Um, it actually peaked in around about 2000, 67%. It had been in steady decline, and then we've seen this sharp downward move to 60%. So labor shortages are are real. You know, he's hoping that when these um, support programs disappear, that these people will come back to the labor market and the labor shortages will, will go away. And he may be right, but with every print of high inflation, people are getting more and more nervous about this. So I, I think the, you know, the, the structural deflationary or disinflationary pressures remain intact, but there's uh, a lot of shorter-term, uncomfortable inflationary pressures, be it labor, be it supply shortages, be it oil, in Brent oil's hitting uh, 82 bucks uh, at the moment, uh, energy shortages, gas, that are uh, making people very nervous about this. And the bond market has put all its money on this inflation being transitory. If it proves not to be, uh, there's a potential nasty shock there. You know, I guess the inflation's going to, the inflation forecasts are going to be expressed in the markets through, I guess, longer term bond yields. And, you know, those are either negative or close to negative. 
Do you think Powell is is happy for that to be, or I guess where the Fed has been buying buying bonds has been at, at the longer end? And you know, if they start to remove that, if that big buyer of bonds that's sort of at that side of the curve is removed from the market, could we see bond yields going a lot higher? And potentially, could there be spikes in the future if those inflation prints come more and more um, at, at the higher end? I think, firstly, the Fed is very happy with uh, negative real yields. Um, when you're in a debt hole, you know, as you say, Doug, um, inflating out of it is a, is a great strategy. As long as you can keep control of the inflation, um, you know, the Fed and the ECB have said this as well. I mean, they're going to let the economy run hot, let inflation run above uh, their targets, uh, and that will help the debt burden as long as they can keep um, uh, control of it. Uh, the, the, I mean, the problem here is uh, the bond market may lose um, uh, faith in them. They're being rewarded with negative real yields of um, you know minus three, minus four percent. But if their credibility were to go away and if inflation were to persist, uh, you could easily see significantly higher bond yields. I think you know the the real problem here is just looking at the leverage of long bond prices to just very small changes in, in yield. Um, the thirty-year uh, U.S. Treasury bond, if the yield uh, were to just go up one percentage point, which would still leave it sharply negative, um, uh, owners of that bond will lose twenty percent of their capital. Um, in Germany, the figure is twenty-five percent. So um, you know, with these very low nominal yields um, and sharply negative real yields, you're looking at return-free risk here. Very difficult. You can't make any money owning these bonds, but the risk is you lose a lot of money and it doesn't take sharply higher yields for you to do that. Just 100 basis points will do it. Antonio, I want to turn quickly before we finish, just quickly turn our attention to what some of this, what all of this means for, I guess, asset pricing and how you guys are positioned um, particularly in, in the bond space? Well, you know, asset pricing is incredibly stretched. Equities are uh, incredibly expensive, particularly uh, in the US. And you can look at any measure. You can look at the Schiller PE, the you know, Bear PE, dividend yield, um, market cap to size of GDP, which Warren Buffett's favorite measure, and, and even Tobin's Q, you know, price to replacement cost value. All of them show them uh, to be way, way uh, above trend. And, you know, we're a value manager, so we would say this, wouldn't we? But that makes markets incredibly vulnerable. So uh, we've reflected that in by reducing our equity weighting uh, in the fund that we manage for Ned Group uh, over uh, into this, this sharp rally. So that's where we've de-risked. Um, also within bond markets, you know, I just talked about duration. Duration gives you immense volatility and can lose you a lot of money if yields just have a small upward move. Uh, so we are protecting our clients with having very short duration in the portfolio. And these are not bonds that can make you a lot of money, but they certainly can't lose you a lot of money. And, you know, everything is very, very expensive. And, you know, the, the history of our, our strategy and, uh, and product are sometimes when you just have to hide in the cave. Uh, rule number one around here is do not lose the money. And uh, when valuations are this high, then there's a great risk of losing money. What you have to do is protect your client's capital, but then have the discipline of process to go in and own risk when you're being remunerated for it again. And uh, I those days will come, they always do, but now isn't the time to be taking a lot of risk. Thanks, Tony. Really appreciate your time today. That's all that we have time um, for today's events. Um, I think Tony has really just 
laid out how certainly the, the inflation spikes that we've seen um, recently printed are, are probably more than likely transitory. That seems to be the view of the market and, and certainly the Fed. But there are risks to that case. Um, there are structural changes in the global environment that could lead to, to higher inflation going forward. And if that is above what markets are expecting, um, you could certainly see upward pressure on bond yields, which I guess is why Tony is so cautious about where he is sitting on the yield curve. Um, to take on too longer duration is obviously going to expose you to some of those increases in inflation and potential increases in yields. And that's why he prefers to sit, I guess, lower down, probably more like a cash type instrument um, where he has that optionality should markets correct or fall um, that he can go in and buy risk assets when they offer, offer value. Thank you very much again for, for joining us today. I really hope that you guys have found this interesting and insightful. Uh, these events will be recorded um, and put onto our podcast channel. So if you do want to share them or listen to it again, please just go and look on our NetGroup Investments podcast channels. So thanks very much for joining us today and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. NetGroup Collective Investments is an authorized collective investment scheme manager in terms of the Collective Investment Schemes Control Act. NetGroup Investments does not provide advice on financial products and will only give you factual information. For further details on our funds and to view our terms and conditions, please visit nedgroupinvestments.co.za.